Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. I'm Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we are two uh, hard-boiled YouTube channel managers, YouTube channel experts that have been uploading and managing YouTubes for quite some time. Networks, creators, you name it. We've been managing these channels for almost 10 years each at this point. So we are here to bring you the inside scoop of what's happening behind the scenes, what we're dealing with, and our perspective of uh, what's going on on YouTube. Tom, how's it going? It is just about going. Uh, (laughs) The wheels are just about still on. I've had the kids at home in self-isolation for the last three weeks you know they've got uh, another week of school or so until the christmas holidays so uh, i'm touch wood gonna have a bit of peace and quiet for this run up into christmas where i am extremely busy there's no holiday vibe around the office in air quotes (laughs) at least uh, despite the fact that we have our lights up and our trees up and Christmas radio running pretty much 24-7 in the Martin household. I'm going to ask you what what what's going on with you, Carlos, but before we do that, very, very importantly, for the last time this year, and for the first time in a while, actually, can you please give us a uh, Toronto weather report? <laughs> um, it's uh, you know a little cold and, cold and wet. You got a little bit of dumping of snow this week. So, you know, the, the dogs had to have little underpaws, <laughs> little rubber paws. We had like an awesome fall and then it just turned, you know, to, to crap pretty quickly. But, you know, we're in the city, so there's not a lot of snow outside of the city. There's definitely snow. So that's our life. Speaking of which, is that this is your last Christmas in the city, right? You've got a big move coming very, very soon. Yes. Uh, actually, as we speak, I'm starting to get surrounded by boxes. We are officially moving. Uh, by the time this podcast is released, we have we will have been moved. And yes, moving to the country where internet speeds are way slower, where things are hopefully going to be a little bit more, um, you know, just a little bit calmer in terms of uh, lifestyle. So definitely uh, looking forward to that. It's been nerve-wracking, you know, in, in the whole transitions very quickly, but uh, definitely happy we're doing it. So, yeah, that's that's my world. Um, obviously, just as you, sort of like busy with, with client work, looking forward to some quiet time during the holidays. It's going to be interesting because Canada's still in full-blown, we're in full-blown second wave. Unlike you, our vaccine isn't, uh, the country isn't fully cured already. <laughs> You know, our officials are officially canceling, you know, Christmas gatherings. So it's like, oh, man, it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, it's just going to be a weird, a weird sort of Christmas. So that's what what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And what a year it has been. And uh, that is going to be the subject of um, this week's episode. This is our traditional now annual uh, third annual yearly wrap up slash predictions for next year. Um, but before that, Carlos is going to tell you about, about our incredible sponsor. Yes. TubeBuddy has been our um, founding sponsor. TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on YouTube, allowing for more time to create great content. It's also great for brands to help produce busy work and focus on what matters, growing your channel. 
Uh, it's also great for multi-channel networks. It's an incentive for partners that you have in your network and which will help them uh, grow their channel faster. Tom, do we have a special offer? Oh, yes, we do. We have an exclusive multi-channel license discount and you can get that only by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. So. What a year. What <laughs> a year. And I don't think there are going to be many people that are going to be too sad to see the back of 2020. Um, I was trying to think of all of the different kind of YouTube stories and big developments, and there's not much. It all pales in comparison to the one big story, the one big C word uh, that has, you know, just written off <laughs> a whole year for a lot of people and caused not only death, but declines in business and YouTube is not uh, immune to that. Um, so yeah, let's, we'll, we'll come to COVID and the COVID effect, but are there any other major stories and developments that happened this year that you can think of Carlos that really stand out? Like big story wise, it just feels like, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was a little bit more of that whole, you know, we need to clean up YouTube. We need to, you know, get rid of the, you know, there was sort of like felt like, you know, the deplatforming of certain individuals on a platform. But at the end of the day, that's not some, that's nothing new. And yeah, it just doesn't feel like there was anything you know, it was, it's, it's, to be honest, it's sort of like a little bit of a boring year. It feels like, feels like the focus uh, is on an other platform this year for some reason. Yeah. Um, so TikTok kind of really came to the fore in the, in the Western world this year. Um, and d did the acquisition ever get through? Is that finalized? Is that nope. as of, literally as we speak, uh, literally as we speak, uh, it's been delayed or whatever, it happened again last night. I mean, you know, we're not going to get into the reasoning of that, but at the end of the day, there's, it just feels like it's going to be like swept under the rug for the next, um, until, until somebody else takes over. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think generally this year there was, you know, January, I think it was January the 6th came the big changes on YouTube for kids content. And we'll talk about yeah. that in just a sec. But that was the only kind of, huge overhaul that we've seen this year uh, very recently we've seen the announcement they're going to start to monetize channels that are not inside of the partner program uh, and yeah. then we'll talk about that in a bit but those are the kind of two big developments on the platform this year i'd say the rest of it was pretty much the story was covid came covid increased viewership and covid decimated CPMs, which are already quite bad. And I think that has generally been the story of the year. People are at home watching more content, more people starting YouTube channels, growing YouTube channels, working to grow their YouTube channel to grow their business because other arms of their business are, are struggling. And so usage went up, viewership went up, content publishing went up, and CPMs went down. Uh, really that's uh, that's that's what you're seeing <laughs> well I, that's definitely what happened right at the at the start uh, uh, oh at the start yes okay I'll, yeah I'll, so I'll that was the, the, that, that's the biggest story of the year right was that yeah 
absolutely, you know, people were reporting minimums of 30% down in terms of of year-on-year revenues from the same level of viewership. Well, one one of the things that I, I, you know, want to sort of bring forward is also there was a big algorithm change that wasn't sort of like big news, but uh, to me, it was a pure, uh, a change that, you know, uh, I saw major networks get hit with. This was around May and we spoke about it. Uh, I almost want to call it the big fluffy reason that, you know, YouTube uh, gay was sort of like the quality yeah, yeah. Uh, satisfaction, sort of like quality, uh, watch movie, time. Right? quality watch time. Right. And what I saw is, and to this day uh, has not recuperated is impressions have completely been, have almost been completely halved or wiped out and views are way down for uh, a lot of channels. Yes, we did get a little bit of a COVID bump, but then, you know, once that, and this is, you know, May is, you know, we're deep into COVID things started to drop around June, you know, that's to me, uh, and it hasn't like, it's been sort of steady. And again, I, I speak from a, you know, looking at big, big, uh, big channels, big networks, Obviously, if you're a small creator and you're growing, you're not going to see this. But, you know, for me as a trending thing, uh, I've seen this across the board where views are sort of okay, but way down versus last year, this time last year. But money wise, and again, I'm talking more end of, you know, Q3, Q4 now, money wise is completely the opposite. It's like three to four times more more money versus uh 2019 so it's not necessarily news but it's sort of like a an interesting sort of shift trend that seems to be encouraged or seems to have is happening because of of a bunch of things uh first off you know stuff we've talked about before youtube's cleanup of the space in terms of channels, as well as the COVID effect of many businesses being forced to do a digital, quote unquote, digital transformation, right? We all know businesses that should have been way more digital and weren't, but all of a sudden when their their retail shops are completely decimated, uh, they have to be digital. That means they need to spend more money on a website. That means they need to spend more money on digital advertising. And I think that's going to be a, an interesting shift over the next, well, over, it's been over the last six months, uh, and it will be interesting for you for, for the next year. Yeah, I, I don't doubt the, existi- the existence of this change, but I think the reason it hasn't been news is because it hasn't affected everyone and also because it's less quantifiable, you know? Yeah. You can't really sell a video to say, I'm going to show you how to increase your quality because it's, it's more ephemeral. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a soft thing, a a black and white thing. And also you can't really track it. There's no quality watch time metric in analytics. There's no data that tells us people like our stuff or don't apart from the traditional of, you know, watch percentage and view duration. So it's harder for you to know whether you're, you're been dinged by this or not. And then, so therefore it's also less attractive for people to talk about, you know, the voices in our space are less likely to speak about it because, you know, it doesn't, doesn't put bums on seats, you know, it doesn't get eyeballs on videos like 
YouTube yeah. algorithm hacks 2021 does. Do you know what I mean? So I think people are yeah. talking about it less. So it is down for the bastions of of true justice in the YouTube world. And, you know, we did do a podcast on this and check that out in your podcast feed and we'll link to it in the show notes of this episode too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a, um, a perception. It's like, it feels like, okay, um, how do I say this? In my calls with the clients, I'm looking at the metrics on a month-to-month basis. I keep getting the questions like, what do the what do the number of comments mean? What do the number of likes mean? What do the, this 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 means? Right? What do the engagement metrics mean? And I was like, I mean, at this point, it's like there's more 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 engagement mean more views, more money. And I was like, I think I think you know this whole quality uh, quality watch time, all that sort of stuff has become way more of a, of a, of a mushy, uh, you know, fluffy subject matter. And it's like, you can't specifically say just because you get more comments, you're going to get more subscribers. You can't specifically say just because you get more likes, you're going to get more subscribers. I think as YouTube is sort of like creating, you know, has shifted, shifted the system to be a little bit more opaque and you're hard to sort of like, oh, uh, really get, you know, there's parts of it that you're able to control, but the, they, they seem to be turning themselves a little bit more into like a harder, uh, again, the thing they're trying to do is like they're trying to prevent people from gaming the system, right? And 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 I feel like they've, they're sort of succeeding on that. And yes, there are certain people that are able to create the content that, that gets a lot of attention. And here's the thing, though, that's not easily duplicated, right? And there's only one Mr. Beast. If you try to be Mr. Beast, you know, yeah, you'll get success, but it's like, it's not going to be about the thumbnails. It's not going to be about the, it's not just going to be about the thumbnails. It's going to be about the whole package. Right. And again, I, I don't know if I'm making sense in what I'm saying, but it just feels like that they're, they're sort of making things a little bit harder to, to sort of like, you know, drill down into the data Specifically, one of the points is sort of like, oh, they're eliminating Google Analytics integration. I was like, to me, that's a signal that they want to close that up so that you can't see much data outside of what's in your YouTube analytics, unless you spend money and buy yourself, uh, you know, sort of like a deeper analytics tool. Yeah. And I think that's also part of a wider trend, which is, you know, probably the last point we'll make before we start looking at what we predicted last year is that they're stripping away more and more and more. So as I'd, I'd say the, the transition from studio beta being a beta to now being, well, obviously it's enforced across YouTube. There is no traditional creator studio, um, but also all of the features that are pretty now migrated. I'm not sure there's anything that still sits in the old UI. If there is, it's minimal as that's moved across a lot of, tiny little features have gone away and continue to continue to go away on a daily basis. Little things like, um, click through, click through rates for subscribe watermarks has disappeared. Um, Mm -hmm. the other day I went to block a video in a new territory and realized that the ability to control territories from the channel level, uh, is now gone after the point of upload, which never used to be the case. So a lot more responsibilities going back up into the CMS level, stuff like that. And I think they're they're just stripping away more and more and more to get people back down to the essential, uh, to make sure that people that can make powerful moves are either in charge of a CMS and stuff like that. And um, 
just generally cleaning up shop. Um, some of the decisions I find questionable as to features they're removing, but it's their playground, it's their, it's their sandbox, and they can do what they want with their toys. So I think that's yeah. probably something we're going to continue to see into next year is that kind of those features that are kind of around the edge that probably only super nerds like you and I are using Carlos will continue to disappear. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk about our predictions quickly from last year and whether they came to fruit or not. Uh, I think we're going to start with one of yours, Carlos, because it, I think when we re-listen to this episode, I think this probably both kind of hit us over the head. Uh, and we, you know, I was thinking about it and then you messaged me and like, oh yeah, I think I might, I got that one wrong. And um, that one was that TikTok was going to fizzle out, <laughs> um, which made me chuckle when I heard you say it. But to be fair, you, you did caveat by saying that they are going to fizzle out unless they make certain changes, which you know I think they have. Um, they do now have a kind of monetization program they have a creator kind of fund i think monetization will increase on the platform this year and um, we've seen more brands go on to tiktok we've seen other verticals start to do well on tiktok apart from just uh dancing you know pre-teens doing these strange dance routines and and so yeah i don't i can think i, I think it's safe to say that tiktok did not fizzle this year yeah, I think, and I think, and one of the things that's interesting about that, and I'll cop to it, but as also as interesting is that, you know, they embrace the creator side of things and, you know, like, uh, and did a lot of work to, um, to build that monetization ecosystem fairly quickly compared to other, other companies who are still to this day dragging their feet, but have been around for like years. And I think that's, probably one of the key uh elements as well not you know obviously you know reach counts for something if you're you know if you're getting 100 million views a month you'll make money no matter what but you know having that ecosystem that support ecosystem really you know encourages creators you know we saw all the stories from vine in the day where the creators literally asked vine it's like you know pay up or we leave and guess what happened they all left so that's uh I think that's where they really they really won. Yeah, and I think as well, one of the points we spoke about last year was the insane amount of um, paid media they'd done to try and, you know, oh, yes. penet penetrate the market and get installs of the app. And I think they're way past that now, you know. Yeah. That's obviously money very, very well spent because they don't need to advertise anymore. TikTok is just now part of everyday life. I'd say yep, yep. for a lot, especially for young people and everybody's trying to be TikTok, right? Yeah. You know, you see YouTube trying to do its TikTok. You see, you know, Instagram trying to be its TikTok. Uh, and even Snapchat even is, is, is trying to be TikTok in certain ways. If it's sort of like released a different way of sharing that mimics TikTok a little bit more. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, I definitely messed up on that predictions, but you know, but I think it was either going to do really well or it was going to die. So I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I would have disagreed with you at the time that that was a, a good <laughs> call. So as as we mentioned earlier, it it looks like it's going to be taken over by a, uh, a US company. 
um, probably just to get around, you know, the politics of it all, whether it will continue to grow at the same rate or flatline a bit, or I've heard recently they're going to start to introduce free minute videos. You know, is that going to, is that going to be the platform that finally, you know, you're getting ahead of it. You're getting ahead of it. That's predictions. All right. uh, that's sorry, 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 sorry. Right. I retract that last thing <laughs> struck, struck from the record. So uh, let's go one of yours. You said that uh, kids' content would die on the platform, and well, I don't think that I don't think that exactly happened. No, right? I don't. I think well, it definitely hasn't because it continues to get insane amounts of views. What has happened is probably a lot of the bottom of the market has fallen out. Mm-hmm. And kind of like my prediction said, the big media companies that have cartoons and, you know, proper media assets have done well. You know, I think monetization has still gone through the floor. Um, you know, that's without a doubt. I think we've seen people losing yep. up to, you know, 70% and above of year on year revenue. But viewership has been insane, especially during lockdown. It's been ridiculously insane and one thing that i didn't really grasp is that if you're one of these super kids creators adsense is probably the least of your worries because you've got the toy companies paying you to play with their toys and stuff which is probably where the lion's share of their money actually comes from and if they've still got audiences and their audiences are growing then that ecosystem lives on. Whether I think that's right or wrong, I think it's wrong, uh, is a is a different conversation to be had. But that ecosystem, at least at the top end, is thriving still, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, from, from the exchanges I've had with cre- uh, creators, producers in this space, they still see YouTube as a huge marketing opportunity. They're, it's still a part of their strategies to build a YouTube channel so that you know when they when the the property hits uh, other streaming platforms or, or broadcast platforms there's uh, awareness of the brand and all that marketing jazz right so less about the monetization more about the brand awareness i think one thing that has surprised me is the lack of work that seems to have gone into or not gone into youtube kids like yeah. this was the year that YouTube kids had to pardon the non-intentional pun come of age. You know, it had to mature. It had to find a way to better monetize. It had to find a way to get more penetration, more installs. But I don't think it's done any of that. Um, and I can't say I've looked into it in a, in a huge amount, but you know, I think there's more, there's more clamoring to get onto other platforms rather than to, for for creators to really worry too much about YouTube Kids as a as a standalone platform. At the end of the day, for me, what what this sort of like signals is that to this day, you, Google cannot create a a product that people will pay for. Um, you know, in the streaming side of things. I mean, not that I'm saying that you know they, they never will, but it's the 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 goal here is sort of like um, you know they're an advertising company. And advertising to kids is not a not a type of uh, not a business where you you want robots to be in charge. You need people to sort of like really vet the content as well as the uh, as the advertising. 
and uh, it's much more bespoke. You just there's just so much more regulation. Yeah, I think because it's so hard, it's not as easy for them that they're like, oh well, we're not making any money from this, and they don't see the long term value of it, which you know. To me, sometimes feels a little short-sighted. If you if you if you grow up watching YouTube, you'll keep watching YouTube after that. So yeah, you're right. They they haven't really sort of pushed it further. They had, it's it feels like it's sort of like this thing that they're they're not paying attention to. No, you had a let's go let's go straight to the other con other one you said is uh, you said that YouTube would start monetizing uh, edgier content, sort of like you know because. You think of uh, somebody who uploads, you know, uh, uh, for example, you, you upload movies with uh, action and potential, you know, things that could be demonetized. Yeah. You know, that's, that's an opportunity for brands. And most of the time your channel gets, uh, your video gets demonetized. We were sort of hoping, you were hoping or predicting that, you know, there would be a different sort of like tier to, to allow for monetization of content like that. Yeah. And I think this morning when I was thinking about recording this, I was going to put this down as a fail and I'll roll it over to next year because I don't think wholesale, they have done that yet. Um, we have seen that they are now monetizing videos outside of the partner program, which will probably lead to this maybe by accident. But then I got an email today that one of my videos had been reviewed and approved for ads and I nearly fell off my chair because I <laughs> uploaded it knowing full well that it had zero chance of being uh, deemed as advertiser friendly and it did. So whoever reviewed that, thank you very much. So yeah, I, I, I do think they have maybe moved it a little bit, but not to the extent that I thought it was going to. So I, I do kind of want to roll this over because, you know, one of my clients is a, uh, a gaming client. And I, when I say gaming, I don't mean PlayStation. I mean, as in gambling. And, um, you know, if, if not so much from a YouTube point of view, but from their business point of view, if, if I own a service, which is only available to those people over 18, or if you look at an, an alcohol company, it's only, you only want to advertise to people over 21 in the U S like, mm -hmm. why would you not want to have a giant set of ad inventory that is going to be targeted well to people over 21? You know, it's, mm -hmm. and the one of the best ways to do that is by saying, okay, let's find some content that is, you know, you wouldn't be able to see in the, in the cinema unless you were 18 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't, I can't understand why it's not, you know, I, I understand why it would not be deemed suitable for all advertisers, but usually when you get that yellow dollar, it means you're not going to make a, a cent, do you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I do think there's a long way to go in them getting that right uh, and saying, yes, this is not this is not appropriate for all audiences, but, you know, I've got movies with Hollywood stars in and, you know, I don't know why a company would not want to advertise around that especially if they were a company that marketed to people that were over 18 or 21. So I think there, I think there is moves towards it, but I don't think I, I don't think I hit this one directly on the head. What, what, what do you say from your point of view, Carlos? I think, I think you got to think about, um, I think you're right. But when you think about movies in general, usually, usually when you want to watch a movie, you have to buy it 
or you it, you have to uh, watch it on a premium service like you know think of HBO type of premium service and then it sort of goes down the chain where it then comes to broadcast right you think of a lifespan of a movie and the, the, by the time it hits broadcast it sometimes is heavily edited right so you remove the swear words you remove the sex scenes uh, nudity so i think that, that that's where things get a little bit sort of like touchy with the, the youtube side of things right i'm not saying you I'm not saying there's no opportunity here for brands. Of course, there's an opportunity, but I think it, it, it goes to that you know old TV thinking of like brands want to be around safe content, content that's not you know around uh, you know that's not risque. So um, that's where you know YouTube's sort of like you know making things a little bit harder for you know distributors or you know broadcast not broadcasters but you know distributors like yourself who are putting content out there that hasn't been edited for a you know sort of wider audience and i agree i, I think it's going to be a slow slow roll but it, it's gonna it, it'll happen with time yeah it's and just, I, I think now more than ever it has to happen because youtube have got revenue to claw back that they missed out during covid for sure so that's why they are monetizing videos outside of the partner program. And that's why they're introducing new formats like audio ads and stuff like that. Because, you know, even though they're still probably making a ridiculously, you know, billions worth of ad rev it's probably way below forecast. And there are people whose jobs it is to make sure they hit that forecast and make up for the yep. drop in the, in the, in the, the gap between the forecasts. So, um, hopefully for more creators like me that are, are posting kind of more mature content, um, there will be better revenue streams coming in the future. Yeah. So my other prediction was that big media companies to further overtake YouTubers. I still think, I think that's pretty much sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're still yeah. seeing YouTubers take a lot of space. When you look at YouTube these days, networks, media companies have upped their game in their production and the amount of output they have on a platform in an effort to diversify, right? They've, uh, you know, they were building these videos on their websites using a hosting service. And now they're like, okay, well, why not putting it, put on YouTube and benefit from the monetization there? Maybe there was a, more of an uptick in 2020 because of, I think, you know, COVID being what it is. Yeah, definitely. And that's not something we predicted, but it definitely sped, sped it up. Yeah, I think, you know, there's all of these companies sitting on these rights and like, okay, our budget is, again, there's a big gap in the budget. Let's quickly get all of this stuff on, up on YouTube. Let's get it up on Amazon Prime, XYZ platform, uh, and let's try and claw back our gap in what we thought we would sell or recover costs of, you know, all of our events being cancelled or the productions that we've invested in being delayed by a year, stuff like that. So, again, people trying to claw back, you know, gaps in the budget definitely would, would have heightened that. And your last prediction was that Instagram videos would start being monetized and creators would start making money. <laughs> How's that happened? <laughs> Not really. I know there's been some kind of like shopping ads kind of 
introduced uh you know shop from shop direct from video and stuff like that but definitely not in the way that i predicted which was you know traditional pre-roll advertising uh this has been rumored for so many years now since back when i was in the corporate world and it's like it's definitely gonna happen this year it's definitely gonna you know it's like again i'd probably roll this one over again into next year it's got to happen at some point you know facebook's doing it and i've done it for a few years now so i don't really see why insta would be any different whether instagram tv will be around igtv will be around this time next year or not let's leave that for the predictions for next year (laughs) (laughs) um either way you know it was it's always been a matter of time i can't believe it's taken this long um but i'd be surprised if this wasn't a thing by next this time next year but i said that last year and probably the year before as well it's going to be interesting. As of yesterday, the FTC just, you know, uh, sued Facebook, right? So an effort to split up Facebook from Instagram to WhatsApp. So I think Facebook's going to be focused on other things <laughs> over the was next that, little was while. Was that in conjunction with the Attorney General's office or is that a separate court case? No, it's in conjunction with the Attorney's office. Okay, yeah. Yeah, say, all... they've got both of those <laughs> they've got both of those coming at them at the same time though yeah even deeper yep. dogs do do yeah well i mean they're deeper i mean they're, their argument's pretty sound but at the end of the day like they've just fallen off in terms of like goodwill uh because of also the way they the way they handled 2020 in terms of everything they let go through on a platform right and yeah. people are they're going to pay for it that's that's essentially what's going to happen so yeah. we're not going to get there the days of whoever it is saying we're just a platform is way gone. No. Yeah. That's never exactly. going to wash ever, ever again. You did three, I did two. Essentially, you got, you know, one and a half right, I yeah. would say. Well, you, you you had a couple of other kind of smaller ones. You, you, you said there'd be no major acquisitions, which is kind of right. TikTok hasn't been bought yet. So I'd say you got, you got one for that. Uh, and you also said that, YouTube drama channels would be the kind of next niche to be demonetized. I couldn't speak either way, whether or not that has happened or not, but um, there's been some cases of like, you know, the political and the one, I mean, you know, anybody that's spreading false news or creating sort of like that type of uh, you know environment is, uh, has been demonetized a few here and there, but nothing, there's nothing widespread at the end yeah. of the day. Uh, okay, let's, let's straight get up into, you know, what we think will happen in 2021. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to cover off a couple of mine very quickly because we've already touched on them already. So I'm going to roll over my monetization of edgy content and say that's going to increase, but we won't spend any time talking about that because we've already done so. And then I'd already thought about the kind of monopoly Google and Facebook kind of thing before and then i saw yesterday that the attorney general was i think it was the attorney general of like new york was coming out and saying i'm teaming up with like 48 other attorney generals and we're coming after facebook so um but mine was more thinking about um google and youtube being separated as entities uh i'm not sure it will happen this year but i think the process will start this year and eventually they will be decoupled uh and split into you know, I know they're technically separate companies, but, um, you know, so the, the start of the process of YouTube being part of Alphabet, whatever it's called nowadays, um, 
and having to stand on its own two feet. I see it. I, see, I think it's going to be a very sort of like, you know, uh, as you said, a slow process. It's going to, it's not going to happen very quickly. It might not even happen in 2021, but there's definitely this feeling of like, we're sort of tired of these companies taking so much of the bandwidth uh, of the web and take controlling so much of it. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, and you know, as many analysts in the industry say, it's like when you force these companies to split up, they each become sort of like competitors to each other and they actually end up doing better. Which we'll is why see. the laws, why these laws are in place and anti-monopoly yeah. laws and, you know, pro-competition laws to, to help the market and help consumers and stuff like that. So exactly, it's, it's got to be a good thing in the long term. So yeah, uh, my first prediction is that YouTube will increase monetization of edgy content the second one is that the decoupling of youtube from google slash alphabet will start this year and there'll be a lot more press around it very cool i'm going to sort of reverse my my prediction from 2021 at 2020 i'm going to say tiktok's gonna keep blowing up and as of yesterday and again uh, on fast company i saw that tiktok beats has now beat up facebook in the top app worldwide downloads in 2020. So that's huge. They just announced going for three minute videos. I see them as a straight shot towards YouTube. I tweeted out a little bit over a week ago when uh, TikTok and YouTube and, and others started uh, talking about the, the top creators of uh, of the platform of the year. And I was looking at the TikTok list and I was like, this makes me, it, it looks exactly like YouTube's created list from 2016, right? Like it's, it's, it's just so similar. So they've definitely embraced the creator ecosystem. So, you know, that's going to be winner for them. They're taking the lessons that YouTube, you know, you know, from YouTube and, and just amplifying it and uh, embracing it way better than, and than YouTube ever did. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. More monetization on TikTok, obviously, how do you see the three minute videos playing out on on TikTok? Like, will that be success or does it go against the the kind of ethos of the platform? I think it's it's a natural evolution. You can't, you know, the platform can't stay, you know, consistent. Like each of these platforms always have to sort of uh, evolve. As the audience grows, they're going to tap out on the kids. Then the adults are going to come in and they're going to want more and more content. And I think it will just offer the creators different ways to make content. My only sort of hesitation uh, uh, of this is the lack of like, you know, long tail sort of like content strategy within it, right? It's very, again, it's, it's a platform that's very of the moment. If you don't upload, you basically die. But there are people experimenting with educational content. I'm totally not going to predict that that's not, it, it can't work, right? So to me, it's like, I think, I think it's smart that they update the, the time because people want to create longer videos and attention spans are short. Brands don't, you know, yes, we, we all talk about like, you know, it's great that it's small, but the thing is brands actually don't like short attention spans. They want people to sort of like, you know, watch their content and be exposed to it. Uh, there's a reason why YouTube went for longer videos, right? They want, you know, uh, more spaces for ads. Three minutes means people will accept pre-rolls a little bit more than, you know, 20 second videos, right? You're, you, nobody wants to see a 30 second uh, ad 
in front of a 20 second TikTok, right? So that's that's why they need to go that space. Yeah, I'd never thought of it that way, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, don't dis- disagree with that one at all. I'm actually going to skip my next one because I've got a feeling that you are going to almost certainly bring it up in a bit. So I'm going to go to my fourth prediction, which is that YouTube specifically will um, introduce a number of new ways to monetize, again, in an attempt to claw back lost revenues from advertisers pulling their budget. So whether that's kind of um, in-video shopping ads, like, you know, Carlos is wearing a new pair of sneakers in a video and you can click on those sneakers and, and buy them directly. I think it was you actually that, that uh, alerted me to the fact that there were 30-second non-skippable ads back on the platform for the first time in a couple of years. I think maybe even, you know, brand new ways, um, you know, the potential for people to do their own ad sales becoming more um, accessible so that everyone can make more money, including YouTube, because, of course, YouTube makes money when everyone else makes money as well. Um, you know, opening up um, kind of the opening up themselves as a marketplace for brands to be able to approach creators directly. Just, I think, a number of ways that monetization can be increased on YouTube is is going to be their core focus. You know, they've they've pretty much you know, now down all of the, the kind of technical stuff. YouTube TV has gone a bit quiet. You don't really hear any of the fanfare that was with, when that first came out. Um, YouTube Kids, as I say, has gone pretty quiet. So I think a lot of their efforts are going to be placed into new ways to monetize the same platform, basically. So that's my prediction is, is new monetization methods on YouTube itself. I think I, I think that the whole uh, audio ads of this year is so like, what the hell have you guys been doing for the past ten years? <laughs> no, but uh, you got to think about it. like one of the number one the number one content that people do watch on YouTube is music videos and listen to music, and everybody does it in the background. And it's like, you know, where's this intelligence that you guys have that you know you're able to you know. So that to me, that's that's just mind-boggling to, that it took them this long to figure it out. They definitely need to 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 to, to figure out the shopping ecosystem because Instagram's just killing it, right? Like I don't, I, I have a, a disdain for Facebook products, but it's it's hard to pass up when I'm looking at an Instagram. I literally this week for the first time caved and bought something off Instagram, and it's like the easiest thing in the world. It feels like, you know, the shopping network, you're, that's what Instagram is going to become. That's uh, nirvana for platforms, right? Yeah. Uh, so they need to figure that, that ecosystem up a, a little bit more. I agree. I mean, so can I, can I just quickly go back to that? Like, so, yeah, uh, cause I've never bought anything directly from, I've probably clicked on an ad, but so like have Instagram got your credit card details? No. No, I, I, I basically no, I purposely avoid putting that that information up. But I'm 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 you know I'm more of a educated edge case, I guess. Um, because I, that's when you know, make the real money, isn't it? When you've got like, yeah. that's why Amazon yeah. is so good because yeah. people's credit card details are already there, so it's so easy to buy. You just yeah. remove that friction. So I think that's yeah. the point where you really hit Nirvana for 
platforms is when you've got their credit card details. You know, Facebook have got all these email addresses, but not necessarily, you know, yeah. a tiny, 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 tiny amount of people they've got. It's only people really they've got a business manager account that yeah. probably got their credit card details. Um, yeah. So that I think that's really where the whole game changes, isn't it? When you've got the payment gateway. Yeah. Uh, and then my sort of uh, prediction is something that's sort of weird. We haven't really talked about a little bit is CPMs are, are still are going up and they're going up significantly, at least for the, for, for, and I see a varied number of, of channels, right? Like what, what I've seen happen over the last six months is fill rates have skyrocketed. Like the amount of ads running on your videos have skyrocketed. And I think that's a question that's a, a, a result of YouTube's cleaning up its ecosystem, focusing much more on quality channels. So there's less channels and, and then much more companies out there advertising online because they, they had, there's nowhere else to advertise. Everybody's online. Yeah, you can't advertise outdoors anymore. Exactly, right? And uh, you can, but, you know, it's just less effective. I think we might actually see a Q1 that's not as, you know, crazy drop as it's been in the last little... That's, to me, my sort of like my ultimate risky prediction is that, you know how our CPMs drop, you know, January 1st, right? Off a cliff. Yeah. Off a cliff. I think that cliff is going to be less this year. I think it's going to be uh, keep going because it's going to... Like, you, th- you just think about it. There's like... Uh, millions more retailers all of a sudden on on the platforms right and on digital retailers they're all gonna need to keep advertising for at least the next six months that's sort of like this weird sort of like not permanent change but i do feel like there's that there's going to be that's going to be sort of like a weird next six months to see how that goes there's also the fact that what we spoke about before like youtube monetizing uh non-partner channels Right to me, that signals that the fill rate was so intense in the the premium channels that YouTube was like, "Oh, we need to figure out a way to increase inventory." Yeah, here. which has always been the opposite. It's always been yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, they've always ha- they've always had you know uh, too much inventory, and now it feels like they all of a sudden don't have enough. So this is you know definitely a different change. Like the, again, the channels that I'm working with are seeing revenues that are like double revenue from last year and then 50 percent less views than last year so monetization is through the roof is insane it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in in q1 i just feel like it's gonna drop obviously it's gonna drop it's just not gonna be a a create as crazy a drop as we were used to one thing that we didn't mention actually which is again goes to show that they one are looking to claw back revenues and two like you say increase inventory Massive, massive shift is that they move the threshold for mid-roll ads from 10 minutes to eight minutes. Yes. Which was a huge yes, move. Course. Like if you've got yep. a big catalog, that's, that's, that's insane. So if you think about that across their entire platform, you know, reducing the threshold by 20%, that's a huge move. If you think of the yep. tens of millions of videos that that then enabled for mid-roll ads. Yep. That's a, that's a big, big move. So, but yeah, we have to nod to the fact that that happened this year as well and very much part of this conversation. 
My sort of like last one is a continuation. This week I was I was part of an online panel with uh, PEX, which is a rights management, a rights tracking analytics platform that I've been a big fan of. And they did an event with the Music Business Association about educating rights holders on Article 17. What's crazy about Article 17 is that it has the potential to completely disrupt all social platforms, meaning that what will happen is like, you know how a social platform lives off UGC, right? The only way a platform can grow on the web, a social platform can grow on the web is by UGC, is letting users upload content. And while that creates a huge opportunity for piracy, and a lot of these platforms play dumb. They stand behind the safe harbor uh, regulations, and but that's what's happening that's that the safe harbor regulations are being teared down meaning that you're going to be responsible from day one for pirated content on your platform it's essentially it's going to force every social platform out there every ugc based social platform to have a robust content rights management system and that's going to stop a lot of things right so that's going to be make you know youtube content id like the you know, the conversations were in, in the conference was like, yeah, content ID is great. They did, it was great 10 years ago. It's like they, they need to up their game. It's not as good as it should be. Yeah. So that means that, uh, you know, it's going to be a rock if that stuff starts passing in 2021. And I remember um, YouTube and YouTube sort of like sent some notifications mid, I think early last year, early, sorry, this year saying, you know, to, to, to get creators to sort of like, you know, vote against it or whatever they could do to sort of like push, you know, people not to accept it in the UK. This is happening in the EU and the UK. So there's a very recently in Australia as well. There was a big PR push on social to get Australians to vote against a similar, a similar bill. Yeah, that's going to be, and I don't feel like it's going to stop. It's going to happen. And this will hurt not just YouTube. This will hurt Facebook. This will hurt Instagram. This will hurt, you know, TikTok, unless they get their act together. And, uh, but it, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, my prediction is that it's going to happen and it's just going to start, it's going to create this snowball effect of like, you know, just limiting what you can upload you're just going to be forced to upload or get your rights like it's, it's just maturing these platforms right it's going to force these platforms to, to stop living off of somebody else's content and rights holders are going to have to really pay attention yeah to, and to what's you've also got i think it's not just video either it's still image yes um oh yeah audio so there's so many oh. things now that are gonna be that are gonna need to be content ideable for one of yeah. the words, trackable. Well, I mean, it, it's straight up company from the music industry, right? Which is where the big money is. And where these are the ones that are always looking for finding ways to, to make money off of, off of the content. So, and that will just spill over into uh, video and uh, video very quickly. And then obviously um, still image. So that's, that's something that to be watch out for in 2021. And again, sorry, I feel like I'm, I'm, monopo- uh, I'm monopolizing things, but uh, I just want to finish up with, I, I think YouTube's just going to become much more of a closed ecosystem. The, the fact that they are, it's no longer playing the way Google used to play, where, you know, you, you have these tools and they all inter- work with each other. Now it's sort of like you can't even put Google Analytics into your YouTube cha- channel anymore. They're limiting ways to comment. I think commenting is going to, 
is going to fall off a cliff, maybe for a good reason, because, you know, most of the comments are crap. There's a lot of still a lot of spam. They just announced a new sort of like AI system that, you know, tells you that warns you if your comment seems too aggressive or negative. I don't know about you, but like when I use a YouTube app nowadays, it's like, where the hell do I comment? Yeah. (laughs) Where are the comments? I don't see them anymore. They're very hidden and it takes work to find them. Right. So, commenting engagement is going to go keep, you know, it's already diving. I'm seeing a dive across, across the board. I think it's going to keep going down, but again, it might be a good thing. It might be a good thing. Yeah. I think my kind of final prediction is kind of there's some overlap and it's more less around copyright law, but more around privacy law. Um, So we've got like the California privacy act, I think it's called and other stuff like that. People getting more and more conscious about what's being their data being tracked, um, stuff like that. So I, I think that's going to play a lot more. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of lawsuits <laughs> this year aimed at the um, at the big platforms, YouTube included, from not only people like the FTC, but from kind of class action lawsuits, groups of uh, lobbyists, groups of like parents, groups of social media users that are just going to kind of stand up make a stand so i think there'll be lots of lawsuits and i think we're going to move towards maybe not this year but move towards an ecosystem where it's logged in unit users only where they know exactly what permissions they've got and they know exactly who you are you can be you know you have to be responsible for your comments you have to be responsible for your um the, the content that you upload stuff like that you know more um i think i saw sometime this year there was, I think it was YouTube that were asking for like ID verification before they would like let people keep their accounts and stuff like that. And now if you've got an AdSense account, you need to verify your address a bit better. You need to verify your bank account a bit better. And it's all just becoming a little bit more professional. And I think they'll move a, move away from anyone that they haven't got direct permission from and don't have their, their details. So that was a bit of a messy one, but generally <laughs> I think generally it's privacy laws becoming more of an issue and lawsuits coming from that. Touch point in terms of that is that, you know, uh, Apple's implementing a lot of like uh, limitations when it comes to tracking over the next year. And apps are going to have to disclose what types of tracking they do. So expect expect that to be a rocky road over the next little while uh, you know tracking limitations we might actually start seeing less analytics right uh specifically from from uh ios devices which are important devices right uh so even though you know uh android is the the number one um we all everybody knows in the industry that's like the real money is on ios devices because ios devices are generally in the western world i'd say Yes, yeah. that and if you have an iOS device, you have money to spend yeah. uh, all that sort of stuff, right? So it's from a marketing perspective, everybody knows this that uh, you know, and anybody who's built an app knows that they make no money on 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 Android, but they make they can make you know a killing off of iOS. So, anyways, uh, but I digress. That was great. Uh, I think we're going to officially call this our uh, recap prediction extravaganza because we yeah. end up extravaganza is a, is a fitting term for it for sure. <laughs> we end up running a, a bit long, but I think it's great that we've sort of created this little tradition of uh, of you know predictions and uh, that we 
you know, we widen it out to not just YouTube. It's, you know, the ecosystem of what's going on. So I think we've got some, some good, some good straight up ones, a little bit of a couple of like fluffy ones. Um, you know, when I say fluffy, I just mean fuzzy that we yeah. sort of like, ah, oh, this is the direction we're thinking things are going to go. So thanks a lot, Tom. Uh, before we get, uh, we finish this up, we're going to thank our sponsor TubeBuddy. That is the ultimate platform for managing your YouTube channels. Once again, I've said this in the past, I recommend TubeBuddy to all my clients as its tools are necessary nowadays for uh, optimizing your channel. As YouTube keeps pulling stuff back, uh, you're going to need more and more help to uh, optimize for your keywords, for your thumbnails, for your descriptions. Definitely uh, one of the best tools out there to optimize your channel. We have a special offer with our partner. Yep, you can get an exclusive multi-channel license discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Tom, it was a rock and roll year. Yes, it was. <laughs> a lot of rocks. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'd, I would like to say a thank you to you, Carlos. You're, you've been a good friend and a confidant throughout this whole process and throughout the last few years. The Video Insiders podcast is still going after a number of years. I know most podcasts fizzle out after something like six episodes. I don't even know what episode number this is anymore. We're way past. We're we're getting close to 50. We're getting close. So, yeah, we're doing really well. I'd like to thank all of our listeners. It still amazes me when people say, oh, listen to the Video Insiders podcast. I actually had a a message on Instagram the other day, someone telling me they they were a listener and a fan. So that's great. We really appreciate your support. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes this year, please leave us a rating or a review in the podcast app of your choice. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're sharing this with people in the industry and generally spread the word. Get in touch with us. We'd like to know what we can do better, who you'd like to hear from. Would you like to hear more interviews? If so, who with? What other topics would you like us to talk about? Email us hello at videoinsiders.fm or you can get us on the socials everywhere at Video Insiders. Thank you very much, Tom. Have yourself a great and safe holidays and um, get yourself vaccinated. (laughs) You too and good luck with the move. All right, thanks. Thanks.